Welcome to the Grow Bowl with Disability podcast, brought to you by Ferros Care, a podcast dedicated to smashing stereotypes and talking about the things people with disability care about most to help us live bolder, healthier, better connected lives. I'm journalist Pete Timms. And I'm Tristan Peters. I work for Disability Service Directory Clickability and I'm a wheelchair user living with spinal muscular atrophy. Today's episode of Grow Bold with Disability is Growing Bold and Carers. And our guests today are Ellie Mae Barnes, an amazing singer and mother of a wonderful young son, Dylan, who lives with cerebral palsy. And her father, who some of you may have heard of, maybe not, I guess the majority would have, Aussie rock legend, Jimmy Barnes. Now, in this episode, we'll discover how Ellie May got cerebral palsy, how it affected the Barnes family, and how she's grown into an amazing singer and a mum. Ellie May and Jimmy, welcome to Grow Bowl with Disability. Hey, how are you guys? Fantastic. Really well. Really well. We should have done that in harmony. We should have done that in harmony, shouldn't we? <laughs> well, I'm not a good singer, so we'll have to work on that on my part. But anyway. <laughs> Um, We're auto no problem. I love it. So, Ellie May, let's let's start with you. Do you mind explaining to us uh, what is uh, cerebral palsy? So, it's basically it's a physical physical disability. So, it, mine affects mainly my right side, but also my left leg, and um, involves spasms and like the brain signal kind of gets mixed up. So, what my brain wants me to do it does not translate to most of my limbs. Um, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> but something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. I think I think it, mm-hmm. it happened in, in uh, Ellie Mae was born very premature. She was born at 20 weeks, um, so 14 weeks premature, and and had uh, some sort of brain bleed in the on in, my left side. On the left side, left which affected the, right the whole side. right side. And so now both sides spasm because Ellie Mae's been compensating with her left side so much because the right side was was uh, wasn't getting the signals. They're both sides spasm, and consequently, she's you know lived with chronic pain for most of her life for a little thing. So, Jimmy, you, you said she was prematurely born. I think it was four weeks premature. Fourteen. Fourteen. Sorry. What was the diagnosis from the doctors at that time? What did they tell you? Uh, no, there was it was nothing. We we really didn't know a lot about at the time. It was just it was work day to day, just trying to keep keep Ellie alive. I mean, literally, she weighed seven hundred and fifty grams. You know, we she was wow. used to bathe her in a kidney dish. She was that small, and and it was uh, it was at a, you know thirty thirty years ago, yeah, thirty two years thirty two years ago, and uh, and you know and obviously technology has changed a lot in the last you know thirty two years, but back then you know it was it was purely through the the, the skill and the will of the of the doctors and the nurses at the Westmead uh, neonatal intensive care that kept her alive. And, you know, and in that process, you know, the babies are intubated and they're getting oxygen and all this sort of stuff. And that's always a, a fine balance of, you know, of, of you know, getting the right amount of oxygen to the blood and all that sort of stuff, not too much. So we don't know exactly when or where, but in that process, sometime Ellie May had a brain bleed. And we didn't really know for sure. I think with cerebral palsy, you can't normally diagnose it until you don't start hitting certain milestones as far as movement goes yeah crawling and and then obviously walking is not um my strong point either so i think when you when i hit probably around two or so yeah yeah it, it became more apparent. more apparent i moved differently yeah. and then, and then it was just a matter of um you know um just you know they went and did more tests to see how much um 
you know, what, what limitations Ellie would have with their movement and what it had actually affected. And that became more apparent as, as she got older. And, uh, and, and our, our job really as parents was just to, to try to, to take as much pressure off Ellie so that, you know, so that she, you know, you know, we literally, as she grew up, we didn't really, we didn't, we didn't treat Ellie May any differently than the rest of the family. And she just, you know, she was just the one that couldn't run and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, but she was just, you know, we just made it as, as easy and as, 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 you know, normal as possible for her. So, uh, it wasn't. It didn't really affect her much until she got to get older, really. So, what what sort what sort of adjustments did you make around the home? Did you was there anything in particular that was just a little bit different? Well, I mean, growing up, I I could get around fairly fairly easily. Like it, the spasms would have, um, you know, gaps in them, at which point I could walk and mostly. And I've always kind of lent on things with my hands. I haven't particularly used a walking stick or anything. She's always been a but, bit clumsy, but she was getting she just got around. In our house, we had, we had the odd stair here and there, and yeah. she just ran around. She was I just a bit clumsy. Downstairs a few times. She's a bit clumsy. Yeah, but, but I, was, like, I never <laughs> I have, really, I um, it never really bothered me. Things being slightly more difficult, I was just sort of like happy to be. But there, there was all the way through her life, though. There were these periods where. She'd have for three months set of casts cast on, on one leg or both legs. Uh, so so then, then she would be sort of hobbling around. She was incredibly uh, one of those, one of those uh, kids who was just incredibly happy all the time and didn't let on that anything was wrong. And I think even, even in, the, in the early days, because we normalized things so much, Ellie didn't really know that things were that wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't, you know, and, you know, and she went to, norm, went to school as normal. She didn't, you know, she couldn't, sports day wasn't a big day for Ellie. Well, I, I mysteriously in year two, but um, I believe I came, came last, but I had two casts on and I, I mysteriously got a running trophy. Um, <laughs> At the sports day, and and we went out to celebrate it for lunch. Yeah, yeah. Catalina, and we celebrated. But um, I didn't find out till I was in my teen because I was always like, mm, "That's kind of weird." Like nobody else got a trophy, and um, and I lost. So then I found it when I was like fifteen that Dad had yeah. given it to my teacher to give to me. <laughs> well, really? We used to do that with all the kids because we know they weren't particularly good at sport. Anyway. So I've had delusions of grandeur for a very long time. No, for, 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 for about a week, yeah, she had, you know, she thought she was going to become a sprinter. <laughs> now, you did mention um, pain. Tell us about that because you have had a lot of issues with your pain, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I just seem, it just seems to sort of, um, as I'm getting older, the way that I move um, is obviously mechanically messing with how my bones sit and all of that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of nerve pain and some damage back from pain. previous operations. Like we had matching back pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got mine from 65 years of being a, a larrikin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I barely moved at all. Like. Yeah. I deserve mine. <laughs> really didn't. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, I feel like, I've got a lot of older problems. But Ellie's, Ellie's, Ellie's legs would turn in and, uh, and, and that affected her hips, which affect the back and affects, affects the whole it's way the up the spine. the whole body. Yeah. And then, like, I have one remaining limb, the poor thing. And well, it's, they're all here. It's just this one listens to me. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, I've, this whole side has taken on so much. I've had a lot of injuries along the way, but I'm basically in a constant state of pain and I um have different kinds of pain, pain from spasm, pain from arthritis, pain from like 
the way that I'm sitting or standing or walking or uh, because, staring. Or, because LMA's muscles, for instance, even the first, the first pain, the mass, the spasming, because the, the muscles would spasm all the time, uh, the, one of the doctors at, at the Westmead um, at the, uh, at the um, rehab center said, it was imagine if you ran a marathon every day. It's wow. your muscles. It's letting out that much lactic acid. It's just agony from that alone. Just and muscular. So pain. much inflammation. Like and, and, then, and then that affected everything else. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's all try balancing act. Oh, not really. I can't balance. But um, like <laughs> <laughs> there's always things you have to do to intervene. Like I don't like strong painkillers. Um, they I had to take them a lot through my teens and mental health wise. That's probably what affected me more than. Um, the condition itself because I'm okay with being a bit different or having to do things a little differently. Although it has, as I've gotten older, it's gotten harder because obviously, so it's, you know, it's wear and tear on the body. But um, my, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of- yeah, but, you know, Ellie was incredible as, as a child, even though she, because she did have, you know, different surgeries and, and things to extend the tendons and extend the muscles. Uh, so there were some serious sur- surgeries and Ellie was like this trooper who just, you know, and, and so even, even then my, the, her brothers and sisters, they didn't, they didn't treat her any different because she just acted like nothing was wrong and just kept, she was like a real trooper. And, and it got to the point where, you know, we, we, we'd be doing compensating for Ellie and the other kids are going, you know, well, she's fine. What are you talking about? And they'd sort of <laughs> forgotten that she had cerebral palsy, whereas, you know, she was struggling with it you know, for most of her, you know, all of her life. And and as she's got older, those conditions are getting harder to deal with, and, mm. and they compound and, and become you know more, um, you know. Uh, and it's it's, it's sort of it's, it is a juggling act really to sort of to keep things. You know, you fix one thing and something else plays up. You, you, you work on this thing, and uh, so at the moment we're, we're we're trying some quite radical stuff. You know, Ellie's had both tendons extended, both both uh, calf muscles extended. Uh, trying to open up so it can open up the hips and stop the back and 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 maybe give us a more better balance and be able to walk you know longer, extension like, yeah. extension Long on time. it yeah and so and how's, how's that going <laughs> well i i don't think I, I i have this thing with doctors sometimes where i'll hear one thing and if it sounds a bit scary i'll kind of be like okay that's what i'm thinking about and i tune out for the rest of it so i didn't quite realize the um <laughs> Recovery time. Ellie, May, Ellie May. Ellie May had the surgery, and the day after, she said, "Come and pick me up. We're all good." The doctor said, "I can leave." I was. Happy. I said, "Really? Yeah. This is major surgery." She said, "No, no." So we brought her home, and Ellie couldn't move at all. She was just in the wheelchair, and and she couldn't even get you know to, into the wheelchair or out of the wheelchair. We could, it, was, it was impossible. And and we're saying, "Are you sure?" The doctor said, and then we looked at the list of, of painkillers she was on, and it was enough to sort of stop a, a small herd of elephants. And I'm going, really, Ellie, I don't know if you should be out of hospital. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the doctor told me I, I could. So, But we rang the hospital, and the doctor said that they wanted her in for three months. And so we drove her back up to Sydney, and, and she went back in the hospital about a month and a half. Five weeks. Five weeks, yeah. Oh, no, six weeks. Yeah. Was it, uh, two oh, weeks a month and a half the, where I come from. Two weeks at the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, a month and a half, and 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 the problem is though, and I got kicked out though. Yeah, but the problem is, the problem is after a month and a half, you know, they're they're, they're saying they started doing some physio and stuff like that, but then the, you know, the thing that they're fixing where she's supposed to be doing the physio, the stretch, the calves and stuff like that was fine, but the tendons on the ankle were giving, 
So, so she couldn't. So, so now she's back in the wheelchair and she can't do the physio. And so this is a sort of a much. And that's yeah, been that's six me months being that. stubborn though, because I they tell you things like what you can tolerate, and now I can actually tolerate like a lot. But apparently, what my body can tolerate is very is different to what different. I can, because my my sure. coping mechanism, like Dad said, I've always been just happy and like nothing's the matter. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to get out of the wheelchair and like, pick up this this you know kid's toy from the from the floor here, and boom, <laughs> there's a tendon again. You know, and so it sets yeah. her back three months. Or like, yeah, I can show myself at yeah. the hospital, and then like, okay, well, slipped over, and you know, so she's she really she's been having a lot of problems it's for this operation, which probably was they she thought was going to take a day to recover, <laughs> and then we thought it might take three months. It's probably going to take more than twelve months to recover. Oh, yeah. Wow. The reality of it, and then there'll be the, the physio of relearning how to walk properly and balance and, and strengthening muscles to go with that afterwards. So I have no muscles. But no, so it's, it's quite it's quite a it's quite a daunting uh, prognosis. But yeah. we just we just gonna play it day by day, really. Yeah. How do you deal with that frustration, Ellie Barra? Is it just business as usual? It's just normal life. I'm, I'm sort of used to random setbacks. I this is I should major. remember this is huge this is bigger than anything I've done before but I should have remembered that my body really doesn't recover well from anything um but yeah so now I'm in like I was lucky enough to find a good chair that's a bit more narrow than the one I was trying to get around in that's lighter at the hospital it's lighter it can we've got a really good mobility uh, a vehicle it's called a lem I don't a lemon. I don't lemon, know what it's called. It's, called. it's a, a mobility scooter, which you can drive around just around the, between our houses. It looks like a ridiculous tiny car. Yeah, it's like a little car. So we're just we're just trying to keep her off her feet and 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 not trying not to extend anything until. But the big but the big issue is how it affects how it affects her uh, mentally and emotionally. I think mm. because it's it's like I said, Ellie's always been the one who charged her head. And you know she's you know she came out and she she's done two shows and she left hospital. Yeah, she, the she first have one done. was a week out of hospital. <laughs> a week. Yeah, yeah, and it was two and a half hours long. Yes, and 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 we said to no, and I, I'm going. You can't do it. And she wouldn't cancel it. So I said, well, you have to sit down the whole time. You have to be. And of course, she stood up for the whole show. <laughs> and then and I set her back another three months. Yeah. And then I. Did the day surgery, and then I did one three days after. Yeah, that. no. I'm and sorry. I popped out of a giant cape. Yeah, and I'm saying, just make it nice and easy. And I go to the show, and Ellie Mays, the first thing is she jumps out of a cake. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> Ellie. But I think the balance, I need that for my mental health as well. Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, what sort of support did you guys get from outside, from when Ellie May was young to all the way up through now? Listen, we found the support was incredible when, when Ellie was under 18, yep. particularly from, from the, the rehab center at Westmead. Uh, incredible doctors, incredible follow-up, incredible teams. But I, I, we, to tell you the truth, I, Ellie can elaborate on this, but I, we've, uh, we've seen that since she became an adult, you sort of get put out there and you're on your own and you have to mm. sort of start putting your own team together. And that's been that's been really difficult. We're still doing We're that. We're still dealing with that 10 years, 12 years later, you know, trying to deal with, you know, getting the pain management and the, and the, the surgeon and the... Um, physio. the physio and and the uh, the person who does the Botox to all communicate. They're not in the same building. They're not in the and same no team. There's no one. No one's overseeing the whole thing. So that's that's sort of been a, a difficult thing. Yeah, and no one specializes in just that I've come across in just cerebral palsy. So there's an orthopedic surgeon and they deal with feet and ankles, but they might not deal with much spasticity. So 
me not recovering the same way. Mm. Quite often, quite often, surgeons will want to do surgery. It's yeah. funny that you know. Yeah. How they know how to that's, fix that's what they that's how they fix things. Whereas you know, then then, then the physio go really last thing you should have done is that surgery. They go, yeah. well, why didn't you tell me before? Wow. So it's it sort of it sort of seems to me that there should be someone like like a, a, a management a management team of, of all these all these functions so they can yeah. all talk together and, and communicate and get the best. Because otherwise, Ellie, Ellie, because we, you know, it's not, um, you know, this is Ellie's life and we're here to help and, and to help make things easier for her. But Ellie chooses to do and, and research and find out what she wants to do. But if she gets the wrong information, then, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, and we'll go, why did you do that? And she said, that's what the specialist said. And then the next specialist who visits a week later said, oh, God, you shouldn't have done that. Mm. Uh, so, But also, I was at the point before these operations where my tendons could, like, care and fully detach which has been a great yeah, fear fine. of mine and I mean this I've seen whilst the recovery is extreme I've already seen some benefits as far as stuff I couldn't do before like I can straighten my leg which couldn't happen because everything was but it is going to be a more long-term thing than what you expect I definitely mm. it's like more of a year than a day, yeah, I, mean, a day yeah. I think missed, a year but closer than a day um misinterpreted that but then again I've always been yeah that's, Ellie, that's Ellie's drag name misinterpreted <laughs> <laughs> now Ellie obviously music has been a big part of your life ever since you were young has that helped you as you're growing up with mentally as well as just the physical fun part yeah, of singing well, I would say I'd say like like singing and dress ups and things like that have always been an escape and a um you know, having that passion or having something to plan and look forward to is a huge part of what's got gotten me through all the harder parts of having cerebral palsy. But um, you know, like I I try and never miss a gig. I was trying to go on tour. Yeah. When I, when well, I was Ellie, going, Ellie's been singing with my band for years, mm. and and it's got in and over the, the the last the last few shows of what we were doing before Ellie had this surgery. She was literally getting you know we get on stage and halfway through the show she'd be in tears and carried off the stage. And because it was so much pain. So we, we all knew something had to change. Either she didn't do the shows, which, we, you know, we wanted to do, and she really wants to do it. She's a great singer. Um, or she had to find – that's why this led her to this surgery, this this treatment. But um, it's um, – I, I think the music, uh, you know, as as, as much as I, I, I complain about her, you know, running out and doing a, doing a, a two-hour show, the music is, is her way of uh, emotionally expressing – uh, pain and 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 fear and you know the, the the cabaret show that Ellie did in the last the last uh, few shows the the theme for um for the shows was walking you know she did walk like an Egyptian you know mm. walk right in uh, <laughs> walk <laughs> on by yeah. you know walk like a man that you know and she's doing all these songs and 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 she you know walking after midnight and she's going I love singing songs about walking because I can't walk. <laughs> and, and it was and it was her way of sort of like you know and people were laughing and i'm sitting and i'm and it's 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 like it's tearing my heart out watching it but i knew that that's what the whole thing was it was ellie ellie making fun of the thing that was most painful to her and uh, and the way she's always done and and that's so i think music is like music therapy as well as much as it's great expression and she's really good at what she does it's also really good therapy for her yeah definitely I was just going to ask, Jimmy, the entertainment industry, let's just talk about that for a second, and their attitudes towards people with disabilities. Have you seen changes over the years, accessibility to venues, all that sort of stuff? Has that changed a lot? Not really. I mean, uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, uh, we've got like 
friends of Valley's have come to shows and there's not great wheelchair access uh, to a lot of shows, to a lot of theatres, certainly not backstage. You know, you're getting lifted up and carried up fire escape stairs into shitty dressing rooms with with no with narrow doors and uh, uh, so it's it's not it's not from a, an attitude of of the entertainers, but it's just the infrastructure is not is not there to support it. And, and you know we've talked about this for, for you know twenty years. You know I remember doing thirty years thirty five years ago doing shows with Jeff St John, and and seeing Jeff get doing RSL clubs and 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 sports sports clubs getting carried in his wheelchair up four flights of stairs by, by you know, two of the roadies half-dropping him and all this sort of stuff just so he can get on stage and tear the audience apart. Mm. The audience had no had no um, idea how much effort it took for Jeff to get up there, let alone to, to perform doing his show, doing wheel stands and, you know, and and singing Teach Me How to Fly, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was And people are like, oh, he's really good. They don't realise what he went through to get there. And you the know? travel. And the travel, and the... just, you know, to, how to get in the car, how to get out of a car, the bathrooms, um, you know. So, so I don't think there's, I don't think there's, I don't, I think people are, uh, you know, um, what, what, what's the right word? You know, the, the, it's like, you know, they, they know they should be, you know, we, we all care about people with disabilities, but nobody's actually doing anything about it. Mm. I think I think that's the truth. The even new theatres, yeah. even new theatres are built. Still, you know, they might have one ramp somewhere, but they don't have they don't have accessibility, and it's always difficult to get from the dressing room to the stage or from the if you're in the front of house watching a band, uh, we'll just have two tiers down without a ramp. You've got a ramp up in the room, and then you can't go anywhere once you get in there. You can't get to the bathrooms, you can't get to the stage, you can't you know can't move around the hall really. So mm. I think I think as much as we all like to think that we're all you know on board with with um, caring and 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 equality for disabilities. Uh, I think it's it's sort of pushed to the wayside when it comes down to budget. Yeah, sure, sure. I hate to be cruel and, and, and callous about it, but I think that's what it is. When they when they're building, they go, "Now nah, we don't have to worry about that. Now let's just build and save money." Which really, really breaks my heart. Yeah, how, how do we change that? How do we make access a reality? I think it's I think it's like every other it's uh, it's a human rights issue. Uh, like every other civil human rights issue, it's going to it takes a fight, and we all have to fight for it. I mean, uh, we're, we're all talking about equality and, and women's rights and all that. These it's, it's it's about equality, full stop. It's not about women's rights or or black lives or or discipline. It's about everybody being thinking and and thinking and caring and 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 being a decent human beings and thinking about each other and how to make that and and. You know, and when 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 it comes down to the, the big business uh, building things or, or infrastructure, or whatever, it has to be um, uh, you know legislated. Say this has to be built like this. There's no way around it. If you're going to be able to build a building, you've got to have proper wheelchair access in the back doors, in the front doors, in the fire exits, in the bathrooms, uh, in the venue, everywhere. It's not. Yeah. There's no no. T- so you legislate that, and then the attitudes themselves that comes from just everybody standing up and saying, "Hey." We we are uh, you know we we expect to be treated and to treat people the way we like to be treated ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. Perfect. Actually, Ellie, just on the, uh, people's attitudes and so forth. Now you've got a wonderful son, Dylan, who's six. Is he six? Yeah. Not seven yet, is he? Seven? It's not yet. <laughs> now, did when you were, when you were having, was there anyone that said to you you could you couldn't sorry or you shouldn't have children having cerebral palsy? Did you ever come up against that? Um, not exactly those words perhaps but it was implied that it would 
take a huge toll on my body. It was treated as a high-risk pregnancy from the start. Like physically I reacted a lot, like, and all the weight gain as well, more pressure on the parts of my body that were already struggling under mm, pressure, stress, under, yeah. under stress. But, um, you know, there were people that said I wouldn't really recover from the pregnancy and, and they weren't entirely incorrect but I my baby was fine he was healthy but I was always scared that my body would be too stressful an environment kind of house him and, and he's he's perfect he's a he fantastic was, he's strong he was three and a half kilos and like yeah. was one of the healthiest little boys I know but um I was always worried during the pregnancy but then I tried not to like stress and you know because I didn't want to pass that on my fears onto my baby but he's now grown into this beautiful, like, compassionate young man because of he, – he, well, he's really aware because I, it's a different stage of my life where I am struggling a bit more physically and he is always wanting to help. He's always, you know – He's a caring human He's being. caring. The, the principal says he's the kid who always helps anyone who's fallen over or does anything mm. that's upset. He's always – very caring. He wants to help people. So. No, but it's funny that that makes me think about you know. There's there's a lot of people who have opinions about what what how to manage and how to make things better. You know, you can talk about meditation, uh, physio, um, you know, uh, yoga. You can talk about you know all the things that you can do. And if you put them all in, and the problem is you, we even we when Ellie does all those things, she's much better. Yeah, much better. For she, you know, her mobility habit. When she can do them, if she can't do one, sort of maybe sometimes four or five of them will disappear. You know, they talk about pain management. Much, much rather be be uh, having you know, um, um, you know, cannabinoids than, than mm. the bloody than, yeah, than CBDs and things. Yeah, yeah CBDs and stuff. You know, and uh, and they didn't make that easy for people to get. You know, and 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 it really does help. You know. Mentally and and physically, but oh, like insanely. Yeah, and it's only the last you know what what two years we've been getting. Not that. even, not, not even, even that. But before like that, was really difficult for her to get access to any of that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, and the opiates like nearly killed. Opiates like, were like I, making a suicidal. You know, it was, I was just terrible. Yeah, and also I was like so skinny because I just put like I, and and my tolerance kept creeping up. And so by the time I stopped taking opiates and stuff, I was on like two oxycontin a day and own like just morphine patches and I just like was barely surviving and I see photo I used to have to end up getting drips my kidneys struggle like um I was just and I didn't realize it at the time because yeah. I was just still being you know silly about it and whatever but it was like I could have died then very easily but and I was taking what I was told to take yeah I never to take more and we're going no no hang on we, we didn't <laughs> I'm going to sit back you're taking so many, you've forgotten you've taken them. So it's, yeah. it's a dangerous situation. And as, and as an adult, you know, Ellie, you know, she lives in her own home. We can't be there to say, oh, no, you've taken that one, you know. And so it was a worry for us. But in saying that, once Ellie, if we get on top of this in the next 12 months, like, for instance, to get her back to a starting point, I think Ellie is going to have to use the the, the, the CBD, uh, the the um the uh you know the, the yoga the, the med meditation yeah, as meditation and medication you're gonna have to do all yeah. the holistic yeah, combine it all. to combine it all because when that happens you know at, when you do aqua therapy yeah. it's it's all really good and all the things therapy, everybody therapy. says said and 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 mental therapy we all have you know everybody in this room yeah. has to do that you know we all <laughs> need that right? no. I think every human needs to do that actually hundred yeah. yeah. <laughs> percent 
So as we know, our podcast is called Grow Bold with Disability, and we always like to ask our guests, what does growing bold mean to you? Uh, you know what? I think Ellie May's always been bold. You know, she's always not been afraid to, to have a go and, and just step forward, you know, sometimes wobble forward, but, but always, <laughs> you know, charged into things and, 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 and willing to make the effort and, and be positive. And I think, I think being positive and being prepared to change, being prepared to have setbacks, being prepared to have, you know, to make giant leaps forward as well. Uh, but to do that, you have to be prepared to take that chance first. And that's what that's what Ellie's and and being bold as a parent for me is I've learned that from watching Ellie May. Beautiful. And Ellie May, what's it mean for you growing bold? Man, how do I follow that guy? Not for me, was I any good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I family of bold people. Bold, yeah, you know, got bold pitch, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, growing bold it is. It's like it's being, it's being radically accepting of who you are and your limitations, and yet being open to trying anything and you know, also like being able, I think being bold is also being able to to not, laugh and to not being told what you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I've I've stood up my first try surfing, albeit on a giant board, but you know, that was like two years ago. I can barely stand on solid ground. You stood on a surfboard, So I mean, I think it's being open to trying things, being open to pushing against the boundaries because nowhere in the world is built to be physically the way that I am and I'm just going to keep trying to fight that and, um, you know, and try and try and just be who I am and not be ashamed or anything like that. Just I don't know. Fantastic. Beautiful. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Ellie May and Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us today here on Grow Bowl with Disability, podcast brought to you by Ferros Care. And our listeners can find out more about Ellie May and Jimmy in our links provided in today's show notes. Guys, thank you so much for that today. That was such a wonderful chat. No problem. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Ferros Care, an NDIS partner delivering local area coordination services in Queensland, South Australia and the Australian Capital Territory. Ferros Care is a people care organisation committed to helping people live bolder lives. We call it Growing Bold. And for over 30 years, Ferros has been making it real for both older Australians and those living with disability. To find out more, head to ferroscare.com.au.